This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. to connect with Community Waikato on Free FM 89.0. I'm Holly Snape. I am from Community Waikato. And I have with me Marion, who is from Brain Injury Waikato. How are you, Marion? Kia ora, Holly. Absolutely fine. Thank you so much for having me along. I'm really pleased you could come into the studio today. Uh, these are funny days. <laughs> it's great to see people face to face. It's good to be able to come yeah. out and... <laughs> Get out into the community a bit more. Absolutely. So we've got you here today to talk about a few things, starting off obviously about brain injury Waikato, so we can let our listeners know about the, the sorts of work you do and the people that you work with. Um, but we're also going to talk about a seminar that you guys have got coming up. So um, it sounds very, very interesting. So that will be the content, I think, of our show today. But let's start with who you are. Who is brain injury Waikato? Brain Injury Injury Waikato was established many years ago, over 35 years, and uh, we're a not-for-profit NGO charity, and we started as a support group, and we've evolved over the years, so we're a registered charity. I didn't realise you started as a support group. Yeah, one of our very long-time term members who's since passed away uh, started it as a support group and then um, it became a uh, registered charity and we were called the Head Injury Society yes. back in the day Yeah. and now we are part of a national body, uh, Brain Injury New Zealand, uh, with 13 branches around the country. Yes. So uh, we are semi-autonomous um, with funding. Yes. As with many other charities, we're constantly looking for means to... um, Deliver your services. Yeah, deliver our services and improve. So, um, yeah, we're in the Waikato. We service or try to service. um, You know, COVID's influenced that a bit and funding sometimes, uh, the whole of the DHB. But uh, we... We provide a support, advocacy, information service, and that could be anything from um, support groups, education sessions, one-to-one. I do a lot of advocacy myself. My role is a liaison officer. I have a colleague, uh, Wendy, who... So can you tell me a little bit about the advocacy? What kinds of things would you be advocating for? Well, it's whatever's needed, but uh, being uh, brain injury, of course we have a lot of people who have traumatic brain injury, which means they probably, or you know, hopefully, but not always, yes. have a registered ACC injury. Yes. So registered with a medical professional, and then under that they are eligible for ACC services. So a fairly significant part of my role is assisting with ACC Navigation. Yes, yeah, because it doesn't always go as smoothly as it could. No, and I think when people 
well, I know when people have a brain injury, uh, one of the factors in living with a brain injury is the tendency to become overwhelmed. So mm. working your way through a system, whether that be ACC, work and in- income, so yes. I do advocacy there as well. It could be at a doctor's appointment. It might be at uh, a medical assessment that they've been asked to have through ACC. Yeah. to determine a whole range of different things that ACC uh, finds out. It, it liaising with case managers. Um, what about employers? Do you ever find yourself in that space? Yes. It, it, it's very broad. Yeah. So <laughs> certainly I have been to quite a number of meetings with employers because a person might be going through a period of returning to work, needing to return to work in a staggered basis and that requires uh, communication and I mean ACC you know do a great job there but the person might not necessarily have an employer that understands fully the implications changes that have happened and it might be that I mean OTs if they're on board are, are fantastic at that too so different work um, setups and things mm. like that, staggered work hours. And so, yeah, sure, I I do get involved with that as well, if if, if needed. I can imagine, I mean, it's such a broad, you, you just, yeah. yeah, I can imagine that. But the advocacy would be so fundamental to people's well-being, to, to feeling supported, um, to feeling heard. Yes. You know, um, and I must say I've been really surprised, a friend of mine, um, not so long ago suffered a what was considered a mild head injury with a concussion and the consequences of that were so much more significant you know I just think historically we've not taken it seriously enough at all I was just blown away by the impact that that's yes. had on, on her ability to work her ongoing headaches concentration levels and she has a job that requires she thinks mm. it's a brain job you know yes it's the cognitive yes demands that are debilitating so often that fatigue yes is as a result yeah. of that normal cognitive functioning so it's a bit like you know this a analogy would be like a, a roadblock mm. so you know and then you have to do a, do a detour and it takes you longer to get to your destination yes yeah. and uh particularly people who have that type of work it's it's managing it in a different way. So maybe having breaks, yeah, that's regular right. breaks. And that's not what we're normally used no, to. No, and, and you can feel really guilty that you're not working in the way mm. that you used to. And it's hard because it's an invisible injury, you know? Yes. And it's like, um, you know, if you've, got, if you've got a sprained ankle, you know that you need to rest the ankle. But it's so much harder to rest your brain. And not only that, because it's invisible, it's yes. very hard for other people to understand. Ice. Um, you know, I've actually had a couple of concussions myself, and I know that it's it takes a while to work out that, you know, I need to do this a little differently. Yes. And because you can't rush recovery. Yeah. yeah. And often when people try to do that, it may be that... That's the type of personality they have. It's gung-ho or nothing. You just keep going and you get it done. Yes. People with 
concussions who have that drive actually find it harder. And a longer road to recovery. And definitely a longer road to recovery. It might be that people have... I could safely say that many people that come to us say... I didn't get a road map on this one. Yeah. You know, I I didn't actually know about you or I didn't know about the services that were available. Yeah. And I've tried this year to, um, well, actually started last year to remedy that somewhat because I have formulated a brain injury pathway. It's the visual... um, Resource? A visual resource, that's Mm. the word I'm after. And... um, so that it, it covers what people might expect. Uh, one thing I will yeah. also say, though, is that every brain injury is different. Yes. Every person is different. Yeah. So the pathway might be different, but the... The broader principles Yeah, of similar. what's out there yeah. Yeah. is um, something that we're hoping will make a difference. Yeah. I um, think that's... that's a, Fantastic idea. <laughs> It'd be fantastic. So so that's the, the kind of advocacy role that you're involved with. But you talked about um, some peer support groups. What what do they do? Do they just gather and chat? Or do they have speakers? Like, what happens there? Well, we have two um, types of group. We have a support group. Well, we actually also have a, a social group. On a Friday, cool which idea. Um, Robin, uh, male Robin, our new yeah. manager, he he facilitates that. Uh, it's it's a social coffee and cake group. Nice. It's whatever because the thing is with brain injury, there is a there is a strong tendency for isolation. Mm. Uh, you know, people might drop away. We have people who had long term. Um, uh, impacts of mm. their injury so people who live alone um, and I think that's one thing that I've kind of learned having been in this organisation for a while the value of creating a sense of community Yeah. and so you know you can go to as many specialists as you like but actually talking with people and forming friendships talking to people who understand can make a real difference. Yeah. Generally, we try and lighten the load. Yes. So we do have some fun in the groups. Uh, so I run a group in Tukaroa in Cambridge, and so we've got the, the, the Robin's social group on a Friday, and Wendy, my colleague, runs one at Matamata, and uh, she started a carer's group ah, and a, a youth idea. support group. It's a little mm. bit slow getting going, yeah. but um, once I give you more details about our contacts, then anyone interested in any of those groups can just give us yeah. a call or an email. So that's a heads up that if you're listening and you do want to be able to get in touch to go and find a pen and paper or open your phone so you can put some contact details in. So we'll get to that shortly though. Um, so, so that's a range of different um, sort of support groups that you've got going on, which sounds like a fantastic service. And one thing I was really curious about is how COVID's impacted you guys, and and if that has a more like people with um, traumatic brain injuries is is 
the COVID lockdown, does that pose additional challenges? I think it does in some situations, um, because we have also have people who live in residential services, um, and there are two uh, residential services that specialise in brain injury in Waikato, so we may have clients in both of those facilities. And I think that um, there have been some changes there that have impacted on people. Our people living in the community, some of the feedback that I got, interestingly enough, from the first uh, lockdown we had was, oh, I'm used to... Being a alone. Sense, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm used to a sense of isolation. I'm fairly self-sufficient. Yeah. But I think that... Um, still people were impacted. It might be that one thing I found was that no one wanted to do a Zoom. A lot of people didn't have access to technology. They, mm. may, have had a, they may have a mobile, but it's just for texting. Because yeah. um, a significant number of our people are not working. They're either beneficiaries, working income, or ACC. And um, I know when the support group started again, you know, people definitely got value out of that. So I think, um, yeah, shopping and things like that, um, people found difficult. I think even though some identified as being okay with COVID, um, mm. I think it created a little bit of anxiety mm. amongst a lot of people, which, you know, we all experience, but maybe more so for people who were out of contact or don't have family support. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That makes it makes a lot of sense. Um, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk a bit about the seminar that you guys have got coming up soon. Um, so we will listen to what did I what did I line up? I lined up a bit of Roxy music, Jealous Guy. <laughs> I was dreaming of the past And my heart being fast I began to lose control I began to lose control I didn't mean to hurt you I'm sorry that I made you cry I didn't mean to hurt you I'm just a jealous guy I was feeling insecure You might not love me anymore I was shivering inside I was shivering inside I didn't mean to hurt you I'm sorry that I made you cry 
swallowing my pain I was swallowing my pain I didn't mean to hurt you I'm sorry that I made you cry I didn't mean to hurt you I'm just a jealous guy Jealous Guy, I'm Holly Snape from Community Waikato and I have with me Marion from Brain Injury Waikato and we've been talking today a little bit about the work that you guys all do at Brain Injury Waikato and it is amazing work and you support such a broad range of people because you know this this can happen to anybody can't it at any age. Yes exactly, I just had a thought that um, it's not just Traumatic brain injury as well. Yeah, I wanted to ask um, about that. So, what? Who? Who are you? Yeah, who's involved? Who could possibly use your service? So, apart from traumatic brain injury, it comes as a result of a blow to the head. Yes. Um, whether that be concussion, mild, uh, moderate, or severe brain injury, then you have people who have had such things as brain cysts, brain tumors. I've got. I've got. Uh, clients currently who uh, have had surgery for brain cysts and ah. brain tumours, aneurysm, might be meningitis or encephalitis. Uh, so there are so brain a range. Can be impacted by lots of things. Would that include a stroke? Uh, yes, the mechanism is a little bit different. Um, oh. We don't tend to get stroke people because. The Stroke Foundation is very active with yeah, and they do looking a, after. They do do a great job. But, yeah, so that is really interesting, though, that there's lots of different mechanisms by which people might have a brain injury. Yes. Um, what about historic brain injuries? Because sometimes they can they can last for a long time. Hey? They're not, not everyone... It's not like a, a broken leg necessarily, is it, that, no. that gets healed and everything's gone back to how it was? No, it's very hard to predict necessarily yeah. the recovery trajectory for yeah. how that will go for people individually. But uh, 
you know, serious brain injury might also involve some physical injuries. Mm. Um, in fact, um, getting back to the differences, they are finding that mild doesn't necessarily mean mild an outcome. And you made a reference mm. when we first started, Holly, um, yes. for someone that you know. And it's um, it also depends on what sort of rehabilitation, if any, they've had and mm. the type of support. Sometimes, um, you know, things can be overlooked. Mm. Um, issues of the neck, for example. Eye function can also be involved because... Wow. Eye and brain and uh, you know it's blood all, supply yeah, from the all, neck. All connected, um, eh? It's all connected. So you know, there's so much more research that's coming out. Yeah. You know? I mean, I've heard specialists say that the more we know, the more we discover that we don't actually quite know. No. Yeah. I can so imagine. you know, it's it's one of our most precious organs of the body. Absolutely. And yeah, I I do I do wince when I see um, and, and apologies to those people who do things like kickboxing. Yes, and <laughs> I can I can t- totally imagine. Hey, look, we we're we're getting close on time, so we're yeah, going to sure. turn to the seminar. Bit of diversion, which, yeah. And and this is this is really interesting. So we got your flyer recently, which is why I reached out to you to have this conversation. You're brave enough to be doing something face to face down at the gardens. Tell me about what you've got coming up. Well, we are brave enough, but we've postponed it. It was in October. We thought we'll put it forward to the 5th of November. Mm -hmm. This has been an annual event for us at the Hamilton Hamilton Gardens, except for 2020. Yes. So we are hoping uh, that we'll we'll be able to go ahead with this. Um, It is for health health professionals or allied health, so that would would involve people who work... um, in community services that have uh, brain injury, uh, that work alongside uh, as support, as well as any other health professional so sure. who has an interest in this topic. So we've got some really exciting speakers. Well, the, um, the Māori sort of speaker you've got in the beginning I thought was fascinating. Yes, that is... They presented for us last... No, that was 2019... Uh, Mm. on their proposed research and we had quite a lot to do with them interviewing clients sure. of people who who were uh, had received rehabilitation so uh in November we're having them report on their findings so the topic is experiences of maori with traumatic brain injury and their whanau in the waikato with a focus on post-acute rehabilitation services. Yeah. This so you, is an Auckland University-based study, but they have office here. Nice. So um, they're going to let us know what their findings are. That'll be interesting. What and else, and what, we've got also got Tikoha Health. Cool. They're awesome. They're my health provider. Ah, mm-hmm. and they're going to be talking about their now-approved um, ACC and MOH-funded services of mirimiri, rongoa, mm. and hyperbaric treatments following brain injury. Cool. 
because we do have clients who have benefited from those services. Yeah, look, I think that's that's the whole point, isn't it? Is not having one model and thinking it will fit everybody. It's you know how do you um, consider the needs of of the individuals, but also different cultural groups. You know, um, different sort of spiritual needs. You know, it's all connected oh, for people's health and well-being. Absolutely, I love their approach. We've had them speak with our group before, yeah, and referred people there that didn't know about it. So that that's our um, other speaker. Then we have brain injury in the eye, shared care, and our role. That's Patterson Byrne, who have um, neuro opticians. Wow, yeah. Who will talk about that? Um, then after lunch we have um, AUT um, researcher Alice Theodam, who's wonderful. She's spoken on a few occasions, and she's going to be talking about the ten-year on from the bionic study that was done oh, wow. that really brought things out into the open regarding the high statistics of brain injury in New Zealand. Wow. And so the impact 10 years on possible long-term outcomes from mild TBI. Yeah. And then last but not least is um, Gil Newburn, who's a well-known neuropsychiatrist and he's going to talk more about the um, physiological, you know, what goes on in the brain and why do we have prolonged recovery from it. I think what's awesome is, you know, I know that, that for our listeners, most won't be attending this because it is for those health practitioners. But it's really important to see that from a community level as well, there is a fraternity and a network of people talking about all of these different things and trying to learn from each other to provide better, more comprehensive services for those um, who benefit from them. Yes, I'm quite proud of the fact that we have the diversity yeah. as well. Oh, absolutely. I think um, it's brilliant. Yeah, And it's, so, yeah, we, we do have one seminar a year for clients and families, yes. now. Um, because we realise that there are a lot of people interested, but it just, in the past, has worked better the way it gives people that opportunity to hear speakers and take that learning back, as you said, sure. to enhance the services and treatment they provide to people with brain injury. So if people want to get in touch with you, though, with your organisation, we didn't give the phone number or the email. Um, can we just toss that out there now? Sure. There's the office phone number, which will usually be answered by Robin, our manager. So that's uh, 07 Yep. My number is uh, my mobile number is O double two one two eight four one five four or landline uh, it's a DDI um O seven nine seven four four five nine two. Otherwise Google brain injury wakato and you'll find all the details there. True, including email addresses. Brilliant. That's us for another week you've been listening to Connect with Community Wakato, free of them eighty nine point zero. For more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.